You guys, you know what's so cool? There's a couple things that probably were either going on for you right there. God says that I actually manifest my presence, like my presence is actually felt, and you can know that I'm with you when you praise me. It's just, it's one of those things he said, I, in, the Bible, the way the Bible says it, God says, I inhabit the praise of my people. And so, one of the cool things about worshiping him every Sunday is that if you didn't feel his presence all week long, you don't even have to raise your hand, but you guys ever have weeks like that? Wow, very spiritual group here this morning. <laughs> no, but I mean, but you can have a week where it's just like, man, I don't even know if God was there and I don't sense him at all. And you can come to church, and then by engaging in worship and praising him, you can lift you up and make you realize, oh my gosh, God's presence is real. It's really cool. So that's one thing that can be happening. Sometimes you can come and you just need it to kind of juice you a little bit. The other thing that can happen, though, and this is really true, is I know for me that when I've actually been walking with him all week long, then I'm experiencing God's presence all week long. Have you guys ever had a week like that? See, and then when you get here, it's like, if you don't have a way to just explode the good things that have been happening, it's like it doesn't finish it. It's like what makes the good things about God complete is a chance just to tell him how much you love him. And so that's what praise does. It gives you a release. And here's what's cool. is all of you who walked with God all week long and you brought his presence into this room. You're the ones who engaged and you bring his presence because he was with you all week. And you're the ones who helped everybody else who had a week that was pretty crappy. <laughs> Who needed his presence. You guys, you see how that works? So, man, I just want to encourage you, man. If you had a crappy week with God, you come and you go, okay, Jesus, help me. And if you had a great week with God, you bring him in here. That's how it works. And we praise him. That's why we do this. So that's so cool. Just so you guys know, we never just sing songs. We just never, that's it. We don't just sing songs. That doesn't do anything. But we actually try to engage with God in his presence. And that's why we're here, you guys. Because we believe with all of our heart that the human soul was created to be in God's presence. That's when the human soul thrives, is when the very life of God is something that we experience every single day. And here's this God, again, if you read the scripture, all he wants to do is he is love in his nature. And so he wants to love, and if you love, you give. And God gives, and he gives, and he gives, and he gives, and he gives. And you know how you receive that, by the way? K2's first value as a church is receiving. Because it all starts with actually receiving from God, not by trying to make something happen. You know how the Bible says you receive? The Bible says there's only one way that you can actually make this connection with God happen. It's by faith. It's just by faith. You don't work for it. You don't do a bunch of religious activity. Do you guys know that? You guys all experience that, right? You can be very religiously active and have no sense of God's presence. You guys know what I'm talking about? So that's not it, right? Somehow just doing a bunch of stuff doesn't do it. You can be very religious and have zero faith. And that can be really frustrating because like, hey, man, aren't I, aren't I doing everything I'm supposed to be doing? Where's God? And then you got other people and it's like, man, they just seem to experience his presence. Well, it's because there's an issue of faith. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're starting this new series called Stoked, and we're going to figure out how can we take these things that are inside of us and have the fire of God actually rise up within us. And today we're going to see how can that happen with my faith. So in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, Paul's writing a, a book, a letter. It's not a book. He was writing letters, not books. But he was writing a letter to this new pastor, young guy named Timothy, and he said this. I'm reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois 
and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. A couple things you got to notice here. When Paul ran into Timothy, and when he hung out with Timothy, he could tell this. Timothy, you've got a sincere faith. How do you know if somebody has a sincere faith? How do you know? They live it. That's it. That's the only way. All right? It does, you can go ahead and say, I, I have the sincere faith, right? And I believe all these things about God. And if your life doesn't show it, what do you think about that person? Yeah, yeah, you, you can say all you want. I don't think you believe it. Because here's what you do, you guys. What you actually believe, you just do. You just really do. So Paul's looking at Timothy. He goes, dude, I know you have sincere faith. And I love the last thing. He goes, I'm persuaded that that faith lives in you. That it's alive in you. And because of this, what you're going to see through this next series, these next four weeks together, is Paul's saying, because this is going on inside of you, Paul says, I want to stoke it, man. I want to fan it into flame. I want to take this thing that's inside of you, whether it's tiny, 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 or whether it's glowing or whatever, and I want it to rise up into flame. So this morning, if you're here today and you're just considering this whole idea of God, if you're considering, maybe you believe there's a God, but you're considering whether Jesus Christ could actually be who the scriptures have said, that he was actually God in the flesh, this crazy, supernatural thing that has happened that we believe. If you're here just considering that, uh, what's, what's really going on is what you're deciding is, am I going to believe this or not? Am I actually going to have faith or not? So I, I'm hoping that today will be a day, if you just have even have that seed of openness, just a seed of openness to the possibility that Jesus Christ might be who he said he is. Today would be a day where that could maybe ignite. That'd be really cool. And for the rest of you who in here, who you'd say, you know what, I have faith. If you could open up my heart, you'd see I got some faith inside of me. How many of you would like your faith stoked? Um, that's why you're here, right? I mean, that's why you're here. Let me pray. God, would you do that? Man, those, those hands went up fast today, God. And I don't know, I don't know what's going on in any of these hearts in this room, but you know, you know exactly what's going on in every heart and where they're at with their faith. And I'm going to ask right now, in the name of Jesus, that you will fan wherever it is, that you'll fan their flame, their faith into flame. I do, God, just anoint the rest of our time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I, can I encourage you? <laughs> you you're, I don't have too much because your hands went up quick. But I can tell you this, man, the reason you want your faith stoked is because every time you take any action of faith, you get into God's presence. God's at work, you guys, all the time. He is. And the problem is usually we're just not walking with him. So we can be over here, we can see things. But every time you take a step of faith, the Bible says you get in step with his spirit. And when you get in step with his spirit, that means you're, get, you're abiding in Christ, which means you're in his presence. And now this amazing, perfect, pure, holy, powerful loving God is with you and you experience him. That's why you want your faith stoked because faith always puts you into his presence. All right. Now, I don't know about you guys, but um, how many of you have one of these? You know what these are, right? What are they? A bellows. Yeah, no, only three of you said that because you weren't sure. But I, I, seriously, how many of you have one of these? Okay, like three of us. How many of you wish you had one of these? Okay, I, I'm serious, man. Like when you're camping or whatever, or we have our fireplace, you know, and usually you're down on your hands and knees, right? And you're like, 
you know, your kids are looking at your ashes are flying all over the place. It would be so awesome. To, I think after the series is done, I might just uh, sneak these home uh, when I get back. But you would just love to have these because you know what that's like, man. You're, you're out camping and you're, you've got this fire going and you're just, you just need it. You can see the little bit of glowing embers and you're doing everything you can. You guys, isn't that a sweet moment when you blow and you blow and you blow and all of a sudden it goes, isn't that a cool moment? That is a great moment. You're like, yes, it worked. And, and now all of a sudden, whatever you want that fire for, whether it's for warmth or whether it's to cook your food or whether it's just for the ambiance, you now have it. I'm telling you, so bad today. I believe with all my heart that some of you right now, there is faith inside of you, but it's like just hanging on, man. You're here today and you feel like there's some glowing embers in there. I'm not totally dead to this deal but I'm not sure about what God has for me. And you just need some action. You need some wind to blow on it so that, because Paul says, I want your faith to just get stoked. I want you to be on fire. I want you to experience the fullness God has. Can I share with you really quickly? I'm gonna set you up today for an amazing ride you're gonna go on today. Just three things, real quickly, that have kind of stoked my face. The first one, the first one is this. The first one is this. Um, it's a faith that believes is one that gets stoked. Hebrews 11:6 says, without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And, and here's what I say why, so for faith to have any ignition at all, the first thing that has to happen is, well, you just gotta believe. And you have to believe the truth about God because Jesus said eternal life is knowing the one true God. You can know the one false God and that's not gonna help you. You can have your own ideas about God and try to stoke those and that's not gonna help you. You've got to come to know the true God and come to believe the things that are true about him. So can I, I you guys know that, right? Th those times in my life when all of a sudden I have discovered something new about God. Does that not stoke your faith? I mean, there's something you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that was true about God. And here's the goodest thing, the goodest, man, I'm doing well today. Here's, <laughs> my English wife isn't in here. Uh, what's that? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so I, I'll just go off on that. Okay, here we go. But here's, here's what I know, is there's really nothing better than getting to that place, and you and I will, for the rest of our life, discover new things about God. We better, or he's not a very big God. So I want to encourage you, continue, whether it's here on Sundays, Life Together groups, take our base camp. If you're brand new, jump in with us right with that, or in your own time reading the Scripture Every time God reveals himself new, it's like he just takes this and something goes inside of you. Here's the second thing that stokes my faith. It's a faith that trusts. Hebrews 11.6 goes on to say, not only do you must believe that he exists, but you also have to believe that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And this is a tougher one. It's one thing to believe the truth about God, but it's tougher to believe that this is a God who loves me and this is a God who's good to me. And this is a God that if I seek him, he's going to reward me. I want to read for you a quote I found this week that's just been rocking my world. Just in the last few days by Ann Voskamp. She says this, joy is the realest reality, the fullest life. And joy is always given. It's never grasped. Check that out. How many of you grasp for joy? How many of you want joy? <laughs> I need joy. <laughs> I need joy. And you try to get it. I love that line. You don't grasp for joy. It's given to you. And then she says, God gives gifts and I give thanks, and I unwrap the gift given, which is joy. 
You know, the Bible says, look at this verse, 1 Thessalonians, says, rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. And then the very next line says, don't quench the spirit, or don't put out the spirit's fire. What I love about this, you guys, and I, here, I just want to give you an ac- ap- application point right here. Something that can help you, and I'm, I'm realizing this is what I need help in, to help me trust God, is start giving him thanks for all of the amazing things that he actually does do. And then you'll find yourself, so you can actually even give him thanks for the hard things too. Because God is love. And when that starts happening, you'll start trusting him more and more, and this will start happening to your heart and to your faith. Here's the last thing that stokes my faith, and I'll be honest with you, this is the one that does it more than anything else. It's a faith that produces. James 2.17 says, you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it's dead and useless. If you've, the other version says this, faith without action is dead. If you don't act on what you believe, then your embers, the, fa- the flame just dies. And some of you are here today and you do believe. You're struggling to trust him. But some of you, you just, you're hanging on <laughs> and you're not thriving. You don't have a fire flaming inside of you of God's presence with you. And it's simply because there's probably one act of faith, a step that he's asked you to take and you just can't take it. I can, I, I, I'm, the greatest thing I can tell you today for me is the only way you ever actually experience God's presence is when you take the step of faith. You can believe stuff. You can say in your heart you trust him. But I'm telling you, when you step out, oh man, the spirit will, <laughs> it'll just, God's presence becomes real. So here's how we're going to do today, you guys, is the Bible is just nothing but this huge, grand, beautiful story. And it's God's story. But it's God's story of how he messes with people. <laughs> it's how God engages with people. And, and what you see is every time God comes in, he's going to say, so you're going to believe me? You're going to trust me? You're going to step out? And how I wanted to give the rest of this message is there's a couple here, Jason and Rachel Wilford, who a couple years ago started coming to K2. And we simply want to give them a chance to share their story with you. And you're going to see how God is still alive and that when people walk by faith, it gets ignited. So would you welcome Jason and Rachel to the stage? Well, thanks, K2. And, uh, and it is true. I love the way you say that, Dave, that... Uh, the story is the way God messes with us, right? He comes into our life, and, and he does. He, he creates these opportunities for us to step out in faith, and it does feel at times like he is messing with my world, right? So, Jason, Rachel, thank you so much for being here with us, and uh, if you guys don't know these guys yet, absolutely fantastic. West Jordan or South Jordan? West, West Jordan. West Jordan. And um, so tell us just a little bit about you know, how you guys met, how long you've been together, and tell us a little bit about your life, and then we'll get into coming to K2 and all this journey of faith and stuff. Uh, so I grew up in Wyoming, and Jason was an Army brat, so he was basically all over the place, mostly beach areas, so we kind of have a, an interesting dynamic there. I love the mountains, he loves the water, so we kind of clash, but we were both living up in Logan, uh, met in 2002, got married in 2004, and a couple days later, packed up our stuff and moved to California. We, Jason had been married before and had four kids that I happily inherited. <laughs> so we have this lovely little family right from the very beginning. And um, 
just a crazy ride. I had, we both, like I said, we both grew up um, LDS. Jason had stopped going to church when he was pretty young, about 15 or 16, and I had gone all the way through, still searching, knowing that, that something was out there and just trying to find what it was. So we ended up out in California, and then we had our little one, and about two weeks after we had her, we knew that we needed to leave California and we needed to be near family. So my parents lived here in Salt Lake and we decided to pack everything up and move on back. And that's when kind of our world really started shifting. The big shifts that we started to see. Was what, year, what year was that? It would have been 2008 or 2007 when we moved back. And that was primarily around Lola and her health, right? Uh, yeah, we, weren't, we didn't know anything was going on at that point. But in 2008, we found out that um, Lola had a rare bone marrow disorder, and what it caused was us to spend the majority of our life living in a hospital room in primaries. Um, just having them not being able to treat her, not sure what was going on with her, and it was a wild ride. Yeah, so we, we went from a couple weeks to uh, in primary children's to uh, the next couple years in primary children, and they would tell us, say your goodbyes, you know, she's probably not going to make it through the night. And it really just took its toll on us and our marriage. I don't know. Yeah, moving out to Utah was from Laguna Beach. Like, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> and we did. We did it, though. And so here we are. And uh, But really, in, uh, in 2010, that really is kind of where you're at, almost feeling like you're at the end of your rope. Yeah. Really. Yeah. We had gotten to the point where uh, Lola's illness was so bad, the rest of our world was falling apart. Literally, I can say our marriage was hanging on by that last tiny thread, and it was it was unraveling. Um, we could see it. At, we were at the end, and so knowing I didn't have anything else to do, I had a sick kid, I had all these other kids, I have a husband who doesn't like me, I started <laughs> searching and searching. And luckily, there was a sweet girl um, who I was taking some classes with, and man, she talked about Jesus, like he was sitting next to her. She just talked about him all the time. And I was like, what does this girl have going on in her life? And I need some of that in my life. So I'm going to stop you. Think about that. Because some of you, some of you, are in classes right now sitting next to someone, right? And what is it that you talk about, right? What, where is it that the love of your life pours out, right? Um, it could be a classmate that you sit next to that, man, you change the entire trajectory of their life because you simply say, man, I have this fantastic relationship with God, right? And so, uh, and so Kat Rogers mm -hmm. sat next to you in class and, uh, and really piqued your interest. She did. Uh, at the time, she was going to K2 South Campus, and so I thought, well, all right, I'll give it a shot. There, I have nothing to lose at this yeah. point. My, my life is at, I don't, I don't have anything to lose. So Jason was out of town for work. I packed up Lola and I, and she was about two at the time, jumped in a truck, headed over to South Campus. And I'm sure most of you have little kids know what it's like to get out of the car. You have a kid and about 40 bags, and you're trying to handle all these things. And I get us out of the car, and I'm looking at that building thinking, there's no way I'm going in there. They don't want me. They don't want me. There's no way I can handle that. Their lightning is going to strike. Something will start on fire. We're not going in there. So I literally turned to get back in the car, and I looked in, and there were my keys locked in the car sitting on the driver's seat. Yes. Awesome. That is fantastic. Thank you, Jesus. So 
what was I gonna do? I didn't have a, I, I had a phone. You were stuck there for hours. We hours, hung out for hours Like afterwards. five hours. You met eight. everybody at the church that so, day. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, it's cold, it's September. So I have Lola, so I'm like, well, I have to go in now. Like, there's nothing I can do. And they've already started. And so I head in, and the first person that I meet was the mo most wonderful Mark D'Amiglio. And just loving and embraced us and helped us find a seat. I was so confused. Growing up LDS, you know, I didn't know why there was lights and a band and smoke and <laughs> no kids. Like there was not a single kid in the room. I was so confused. So music comes <laughs> on and Lad, you were speaking and it really was like, I'm sure all of you have gone through this. The message is like parting the waters, you're the person. I'm like, why is he talking to me? Like I'm in the back row. <laughs> bawling, bawling, bawling. Um, and then I get up to leave, and then I spend four hours waiting. <laughs> so I met everyone at South Campus that day. <laughs> now, you were out of town, and you were kind of supportive, but you definitely weren't going there. You weren't doing for the me, whole church thing. Yeah, for me, um, just my whole life was, uh, I didn't, it didn't make sense to me, the, the God thing and the church thing. Um, so I think I was supportive to Rachel. You can go to church. I'll pack you up. We'll see you when you get home. I'm going to stay here and have a beer, you know, whatever. Um, so I wasn't going to go. Uh, one morning, I just rolled out of bed, and Rachel asked me to come to church with her. And I'm like, nah, thanks, though, but have fun. And she's the second time asked me to come to church with her, you should come with me. And I'm, like, literally in the clothes I slept in. And I go, well, should I change, you know? And, and she goes, no, just come on. And so I jumped in the car, really just to show her that I would in my PJs, <laughs> and uh, same thing happens. I go in, you know, we meet Mark, and, and the message just hit me, and I chose to ignore it. I went home, and I didn't tell Rachel that it was so, you know, moving to me or anything. I didn't want to know. I didn't want to be a Christian. I didn't want to be that weird guy. You know, she'd already been listening to K-Love. We're a Ramon's house, you know. <laughs> um, so... I go a couple other times. I went, you know, the next two or three times was just to see if that's going to happen again. Hmm. And it did. And I chose to push it off as long as I could. I was just resisting yeah. until I... And, and all of us know what that's like, right? All of us know at some point in our life where, where you feel like God is pulling you into something more. Maybe it's some of these initial steps of faith of like, okay, maybe you're actually there, God. Or maybe it's something like, Oh, God, you, you really want me to give you more of my life. And you all know what it's like to feel that and to say, Ah, oh, let's slow down here, right? Let's, let's hit the brakes. And so, so for you guys, what, when did it really, like, what was it like to actually say, Okay, God, I'm, I'm going to jump off the crazy ledge, right? I'm actually going to trust in you and go for it. Well, um, for me, it would have been in about October, uh, South Campus, Lad, you, you mentioned uh, the time of, I don't remember what the service was about, but you said, all right, if you're really ready to give it all to God, just stand up, and we're just going to pray for you, and we're going to sing. And I was like, sitting on the second row, because that was the only seat left that day, and I'm like, I have nothing to lose. Like, I am at the, the bottom of everything I've ever been at, and God, have it. I don't, I don't know what you can do with me, but please have it. Um, and... I, yeah, it, it, the things that it did for me. And then a couple months later was the, that Christmas service, the all-in. Mm -hmm. And Jason and I were sitting right over here, and we both, we just kept looking at each other and squeezing each other's hands, and we're just like, oh, my gosh, 
all in. Like the, uh, that is the only way to explain, explain what we're about to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like I said, for me, it took a lot longer because I'm a resistor. And, um, but yeah, we both decided that I had to have a little conversation with God on my own. Hmm. And we just jumped in. So. That was it. it. It's fun, I tell you, for most of us, as we talk about fanning into flame faith, a lot of times we think about that first initial step of faith. Um, and, and then what we come to find out is a lot of us kind of do that with expectation. It's like, okay, God, I ponied up, so, so now it's your turn, right? Like, okay, God, I went off that ledge, so now would you fix everything, right? And of course, we would never say it out loud that way. But for a lot of us, we feel like, God, I did my part now. you got to show up, right? And so, so tell us how that played out the next year. Did God sort everything out and smooth sailing from there? And what did the next year look like? We actually, the next year got worse. Um, our daughter, her, her disorder got worse and worse. Um, we spent most of 2011 in the hospital just unsure of what was happening. Every time we were there, they kept telling us, uh, her body's going septic. She's not going to make it through this one. And it was getting harder. It was, luckily, though, we had some tools. We had God that every time we were like, we can't, we don't think we can make it through this. I don't think I can sleep another night on a hospital bed watching my daughter do this. Our, we had God we could go to and say, all right, God, I don't know what's going to happen, but I believe that you have a, a, a path for this. I think you're doing something with us. Um, and then it was in 2011 that as things started getting worse, we got a phone call from her daycare one day that she'd had a, another seizure. And we got home and we thought, Okay, we've been putting this off for a long time. We've, we've been ignoring you, God, for a while, and we can't do that anymore. And so together, we made the choice. At the time, I was working full-time and was the primary breadwinner for our family. And God said, Rachel, you need to quit, and you need to do it right now. You, you can't wait any longer. And not, not Jason, you need to quit. <laughs> that would have been cool, Are too. Sure that. Are we sure we didn't? Yeah. Um, and so two weeks later, I, I put in my notice and I missed the last two days' work to be home mm -hmm. or to be with Lola in the hospital. So, um, You guys said before that you, you really sensed for a long time that God was moving mm -hmm. you towards that. But it was like, no, God, that's off limits. That doesn't make any sense at all, right? That, God, that is off limits for us, right? And yeah. it's not the story for each one of us. But, but sometimes God's going to call you to things that seem like, man, that, God, that's off limits. Like that, I, I can't let you there. There's no way we can do that. And yet, yeah, we felt like, God, don't you know that that's not going to work? Like, don't you know our situation? Do you like, want to see our number sheet? Yeah. <laughs> that match up. So that doesn't make any sense. So it couldn't be that. So we pushed that off. And we kind of brought it up a couple times, but there's no way that that would, that hmm. made any sense to us. And at this point, we said, okay, we're going to do it. And when we decided we were going to do it, Rachel, you know, quit her job. And she, at the last two days, like she said, she was in the hospital with Lola. We knew, like, hmm. This is where she's supposed to be. And in doing that, I had all these expectations about hmm. how yeah. God was going to step in when I jumped off the ledge. And God's going to catch me. And this is how it's going to happen. And he's going to, you know, I'm going to get a big fatty raise. And it's going to take care of the, the bills. And none of the cars are going to break down. And, and the house isn't going to flood and all that kind of stuff. And then it just got worse. And, it all <laughs> and sometimes, really, as we take those steps of faith, like, the, the path actually provides more, pay, uh, more faith, that God gives us more opportunities to step into faith. So fast forward to this next year, and you were talking a little bit about how as things got worse, there, there's really that pause to say, God, like, don't you see us responding to you? 
Like, have you ever been there where you, God, don't, like, did we hear you wrong? Are we doing something wrong? Are you there? Because we thought this is what it looked like. And then, and then you guys had a bit of an epiphany, really. Yeah. Well, also, um, we were also surrounded by an amazing support group. Hmm. Um, you know, people that we were walking with and, and showing us, you know, you know, the way to Jesus and stuff. So we we're lucky there. But yeah, we're waiting. We're looking for these things. We're like, well, when's it going to happen? And then we realized all the blessings that were given to us. Yeah, we, I think, we, yeah, we really had said, all right, God, we have this list. When, when are you going to start checking it off? When are you going to fix the house? When are you going to stop letting cars break down? When are you going to pay these bills that keep calling us? All these things. And we kept saying, God, what, what are you doing? Where are you? And it was brought up, like, are you kidding? Look at your life. Look at your life. Lola has never had a better year. This is Lola. If you haven't seen her, she's uh, cute as ever. A year out of the hospital, too. She hasn't been yeah, in the hospital a year, for a year. We've never been more than three months. She's now a year out of the hospital. Um, and, uh, amen. That's cool. You know, we, the job hasn't come through. The house is still breaking down. But think God has provided in the craziest ways our, our marriage, uh, was, which was holding on with that tiniest, mm. frazzly, you know, string, is now stronger than it's ever been. Our, our ability to parent our kids has never been stronger. Um, our faith and just knowing that God has a plan for us is what really is getting us through the day to day. And it's been amazing, really, because every time we've said, God, okay, you know the numbers. They don't add up. There's no way we can even do anything today. And God came through and was in, you, you mentioned it before, like just that most unconventional, unegotistical ways for us to be provided for. And it's, it is all God. It is all God. And uh, kind of the cherry on top, kind of as you guys came to realize, we had these expectations, but God, you're blessing us so much. The cherry on top was a, a brand new car that you got given over Christmas and just a really fun thing. Yeah. We uh, got a phone call from the people up at the hospital, and they said that we had been nominated, and they'd chosen our family after hearing our story and knowing what we'd been going through the past five years with Lola, and they chose to um, bless our family with a vehicle to, to get us yeah. to and from where we need to go. Could have been anybody. Yeah. 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 So the, the fun thing is, is that God calls us into these, these steps of faith, right? And he's calling you, and your story looks different. But again, the same way God desires to be at the center of your story, and you to be in the center of his story is a better way to say it. And, and to be honest, Rachel has, has recently come on volunteer staff here to help that happen in more and more people's lives. Our goal here is for everyone to take one step closer and so why don't you share with us just a little bit about what that looks like and, and what that looks like here at K2. So after we'd been coming to church for a little bit, um, Jason had been really hesitant to jump in any further. He was already like, hey, I'm going to church, and now you want me to go to a Life Together group? <laughs> like, what are you asking me? Like, why do you keep asking me to do all these things? And then he had a buddy invite him to um, help up in Adventure Canyon and to be up there. And Jason as a dad of many, many kids, um, jumped in at that opportunity and has been amazing at it. And I drug my feet. Oh, man, did I drag my feet. I just was thinking, okay, same thing. Uh, how much more do you want me to give, God? Like, if we're going to church, like, we've already given up our Sundays. We're already given up our Wednesday nights. And for some reason, it just was not something I wanted to jump in. And I didn't recognize how powerful it could be until I did start serving. And having an opportunity to be in Adventure Canyon, to be serving along with Jason and along so many of our friends, to see what that could look like. And um, and to be honest, I didn't think I had anything to offer. Hmm. 
I didn't, I'm not a Jesus person. Yeah, I grew up in, you know, in religion, but I, I didn't think I had anything to offer to teach people. I'm so new at this. I really don't want me in this position. And to realize that God wants us where we're at. Hmm. And God wants to help us to grow and to help others to grow was such a huge thing for me. Um, so I know what it's like for any of you who are out there thinking, I don't want to give anymore, or I don't think I can give anymore. Hmm. Um, so for me, it's been an awesome opportunity. Uh, I got a phone call a couple months ago from Soggy, wanting to go over this idea of just that, helping people plug into those serving teams where they could be, their, their, their walk with Jesus could grow. And I thought, oh my gosh. You mean you want me to help with that? I would love that. Like, I love people. I love Jesus. Let's do this. So um, we're really excited because right now what we get to do is all of you have seen these fun, fabulous new cards that are on your um, chairs today. And the idea that we want to help you plug in, not where we have a need, not where maybe we we don't have someone that yet, but where you are needed, where your heart wants to be, and where your spiritual gifts can and can really help you to grow. And that's what I want to help you with, my team wants to help you with, all of the staff wants to help you with. Really, the, the body of Christ is, is, is incomplete without you as a part helping it move. And mm -hmm. so we just want to make sure that we help you engage and take that next step of faith in your life. And really, that is it. It's, it primarily, we know that steps of faith are kind of like the building blocks that God is going to use as he brings you into your story. And so it's really our desire to assist you with those, to say, man, here's a couple different steps you could take, and we'd love to see you take the next step with God. And so we'd, uh, yeah, thank you so much for stepping into that, and thanks for sharing your story with us here this morning. Can we love on these guys and say thank you to them?